While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. I'm Chris McCarthy. And so we've got a good program for you. At 9 o'clock, State Rep. Chris Hendricks is going to join us. At 8 o'clock, City Councilor at Large Shane Burgo is going to join us to talk about why he walked out of a meeting last week to force adjournment. Marcus, I can't wait to, to have Burgo in because I, I really gave the guy a lot of credit as we came in. I want to get to his explanations as yeah. to why he did what he did. Me too. And, but but uh, in the 7 o'clock hour, we're joined by a familiar face in the show, but new as a WBSM contributor, uh, Adam Bass. Hey, Adam, how are you? Uh, hi, Marcus. Hi, Chris. Thank how you doing, for having brother? me on. And yeah, it's great to be here on a wonderful Wednesday night. So um, you started uh, contributing. You've got some uh, articles up on WBSM.com, at least one uh, on the Ernestina um, returning to New Bedford. But uh, for people who haven't maybe didn't hear your segments that were uh, when you came on a couple times before to talk about the Bristol County Sheriff's race, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm a reporter uh, for uh, two places now, contributing for WBSM AM 140. Uh, uh, and FM 99.5. The signs are behind you. If yeah. You want to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll keep that in mind. Um, and I'm also doing reporting for the North Star Reporter newspaper in North Alboro. I've cool. worked in uh, other newspapers, including uh, the Lynn Daily Item up in Lynn, the Western Mass Political Insight blog up in Springfield, or well, I should say Western Springfield, and of course as the general manager and chief political correspondent for WB, uh, WCCS, Wheaton College Radio. I've done a lot of stuff covering local politics, statewide politics, and even a bit of national politics here and there. But for now, I'm here uh, telling stories about New Bedford, trying to see what's going on in this wonderful city, which I actually took a tour today. And I got to be honest, guys, it's so nice and compact here, something you don't really see in places like Boston or even Worcester. Compact? Uh, you know, every, everything you want is in the place you want it. Oh, yeah. Like the restaurants, you know. i actually been to um, – uh, one place called uh, Destination Soup today. Oh yeah! Oh, it's so good. And it is uh, good. And also, City Hall right next to the uh, dis- to the probate court and the district court, as right. well as the police uh, station. So if I need to go get police logs, I'll say, "Hey, drop by, talk to the chief, and maybe talk to the mayor while I'm at it." No, it, it is a great little city. Um, the um, Adam, I got to know you from following you on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been impressed with the. the the granular substance of your reporting, uh, particularly on the political stuff. You get right you, – you are a political junkie, I, I, yeah, right? You are. Yeah. If you go to my profile on Twitter, it says Massachusetts politics nerd right, right there. Right. So I think you'll fit right in with our audience and you're going to provide a lot of really good coverage and, and good you know content to, to WBSM.com. And, but how do, you, how do you find your Twitter site? Oh, you can find me at Adam Bass of Mass. That's uh, Adam Bass of Mass at Twitter.com. So uh, we actually got a call on the line. Let's get to it. Sure. Good evening. You're live. Canceling the alert. The missing 58-year-old female has been located. Oh, that's Adam. funny. Adam, 
You should have been on that story. <laughs> well, you know. That's funny. Contract doesn't start until January. <laughs> that, number's, that number, I, I, I thought it looked familiar. It's, uh, it's, it's a Fairhaven town number, so mm-hmm. that was an alert. But they found the person. Apparently. And that's, that's news? Good. Right. So, they were uh, at the ebb tide. I, I could have told you that. <laughs> <laughs> Just let them hide out. Come on. So, so Adam, yeah, but, but again, you do some really interesting stuff with the political. Um, and I, I do encourage people to, to follow you on Twitter because you, one, of your, one of the things that you do um, is you do maps of political turnout. Folks, he takes numbers and makes them into colors. It really works. <laughs> no, but it really works. Well, that that was long ago, back in 2020 when I started mapping. And I have to thank um, my friend Armin Thomas of Split Ticket. who I've has been on, on the show. show. Yep. Yeah, multiple times. Um, I then took a break from mapping to start working on my writing, specifically about uh, you know how elections work, how politics work, especially in city council and town council, because I don't think – well, as something I've discovered when I was writing is basically when you are writing, people want to understand every single thing that you are putting pen to paper in the words. And the problem is that I think we are entering a period of time in, in our news uh, coverage where we try to get out the story as fast as possible. But there's also a plus uh, in explaining to people because – People want to be educated. Of course, people want to be the guy at the at the at the bar saying, "Hey, you know, what I learned from this from the article I, from this guy that I just read. What's that? I learned how Proposition Two and a Half works." Thank and then you. you can just talk about how you know what they think about it. I love Proposition Two and a Half. <laughs> I always ask. Oh, it's funny though. I ask candidates about it all the time. It's amazing how many don't even know. Right, and it's a major issue. I love this kid already. <laughs> <laughs> so we're speaking with Adam Bass. He's a contributor here at uh, at WBSM. Yeah, I remember you at um, the Bristol County Sheriff's Race. You said it would come down to Fall River. I mean, we didn't expect the returns on Bedford to be as robust as no. they were for Haro. But uh, you were right that if Haro had won Fall River, which Sheriff Hodgson always won, he would win the election. Right. The thing about Fall River uh, that got my attention was basically, can uh, Haro win the uh, high propensity, high propensity voters or college educated voters in the northern part of the city. That's where Democrats seem to do very well with nowadays in terms of turnout and in terms of persuasion with with voters compared to the traditional blue collar voters that they've done well in the past. So the Portuguese voters, the uh, white collar, or excuse me, white working class voters in the southern part of the city of Fall River. They're not doing so well with them these days. These are those are traditionally more Republican now. But the more tr- traditionally Republican voters, which were the college educated voters that you might find at like a Sunday brunch, perhaps, right. or at the uh, parent or parent teachers conference at at one of the more uh, uh, upscale public high schools, those are more Democratic now. So the question was, could Haro? Turn out that persuasion to those voters, and it looks like he did. Now I need to check how the people in Fall River voted in terms of precinct by precinct. If the northern, uh, if the northern part of the city voted Haro, that fits the theory. But maybe, and this could be a possibility, some of those traditional down ballot Democratic voters could have turned out for him again and not turn, uh, not fill in their ballot for Hodgson. There's so many factors. Across the state as to what happened in that Hodgson race, um, the outside money, the, the the lack of a real Republican ticket, up the ticket. Um, but you, you brought up something interesting, Adam. You covered the city of Lynn. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we remarked the other day that 
the very one of the very first appointments that Healy has made has been her her education department is going to be run by the former superintendent of schools of Lynn. Um, talk a little bit about Lynn and the schools and what do you know. So during my four months of covering Lynn, uh, I got to know actually uh, Dr. Patrick Tutwiler when he was superintendent. Oh, interesting. Um, that's the person they pick for education secretary. That is, that is correct. And I was very shocked because I thought he was going to take some downtime after his job as superintendent. But what Dr. Tutwiler did focus on, especially during as his, uh, in his tenure as uh, superintendent in Lynn, was – uh, elevating English learners. Those are uh, students who English uh, – that English is a second language to them. So okay. kids from predominantly Hispanic-speaking uh, – Spanish-speaking homes or Portuguese-speaking homes if it was down here. And what he did and especially tried to elevate uh, in the Lynn public school system was you know, helping get those English learners a step up in their education. Um, and that's what he really decided to – focus his time and efforts into that. He also like did a that. lot of stuff, of course, with the Student Opportunities Act, which he, uh, which was a, uh, a law passed by uh, the Massachusetts Congress uh, – Statehouse, excuse me – to help schools prov- uh, create their uh, plans and push them into place. And one of those part uh, components of the Student Opportunities Act for Lynn was hel- help helping elevate English learners. Okay. New Bedford's actually going to get $25 million a year for the next seven years uh, for, from the Student Opportunity Act. So it has been tr- tremendously helpful in, uh, in, in gateway sc- uh, city school systems. Look, I, it's, it's true. If you, if you can't read or write or communicate in English, you're you never going to be a radio get, host. You're, nev- <laughs> you're never going to get ahead. You're never going to get ahead. And we do have a massive influx of um, of foreign-born or, or but but what even here in new bedford a lot of people from puerto rico they're americans i know i have to keep saying that but they are yeah. and, but they don't have necessarily the greatest english language i was in the army basic training with kids from puerto rico they're very much as much an american as a kid from freetown but adam what did you how was his performance up there oh they loved him um the this the you couldn't find a bad thought about Dr. Tutwiler from any of the school committee, especially from the chair of the school committee, um, current mayor, uh, Jared Nicholson. Uh, Jer- uh, mayor Nicholson used to be part of the school committee before he became mayor. He actually ran on being – because he was part of the school committee. And he and Tutwiler were sort of a dynamic duo, if you will. You couldn't see one without the other. Uh, he was always championing Tutwiler's um, uh, policies. And was always uh, talking the best of him. Now, um, what he's doing now, Mayor Nicholson, is focusing on housing in Lynn and and the creation of, I believe, a new school. And in that way, I, I think it's sort of weird to see uh, Doctor T- or Patrick, uh, Patrick, Dr. Patrick Tutwiler uh, sort of leave Lynn again and sort of be elevated to uh, more healed cabinet. I, I think. Um, from the engagement on Twitter that I've seen from this appointment alone, this is the most – and I want to say in the eyes of people who closely follow Massachusetts politics because obviously not many people do, um, this is for them the biggest appointment she's made so far. Yes, I, I would agree with that. Um, I think Marks and I talked about it because, look, as Mayor Mitchell has emphasized, you've got to get the public schools right. You've got to get them right. It's a massive amount of money. It's the one – equalizing effect if you have an education you can doesn't matter where you're from doesn't matter 
I mean, there's a lot of, a lot goes into it by your parents, things like that. All of us in this room, I think, are blessed. Um, but it's the one equalizer in education. Um, and so it's, you got to get it right. So uh, I think it was today or yesterday, uh, Governor-elect Healy had announced that she will not claim a public records exemption. Mm-hmm. Now, for a lot of people who don't know what that is, that is, she she said it with um, Jim Browdy. Uh, for a lot of people who don't know what that is, can you tell us what that is right. and why it's such a big deal that she um, made this announcement? So in Massachusetts, one of the things that uh, the governor, the legislature, and the judiciary branch, the three major branches of government, same as we have in the national government, they can claim exemption on what's called Freedom of Information Act requests, and those are known as FOIAs amongst journalists. They usually are submitted to find information about public records regarding said individuals or said bodies of power, and they would you know, get them back and hand over the information. In Massachusetts, those three branches have the right to waive an, uh, a privilege to say, I cannot be FOIAed, and I and protected by this law within Massachusetts if I, if I uh, claim the exemption. Healy is the first governor since I want to say Deval Patrick, uh, former Democrat, and Charlie Baker, the current governor, outgoing governor Republican, to say, you know what? I'm going to waive this exemption, and, P- and reporters can uh, request FOIAs, Freedom of Information Act requests, to me, and I will hand over, you know, records that I own in transparency. Massachusetts, uh, aside from Michigan, which also has this uh, rule, is notorious for having some of the most difficult difficult uh, transparency laws in the country. And, you know, it's a way to keep secrecy uh, and, and I guess privacy for each of them because in Massachusetts, one of the big things is, you know, I'll, I'll respect you if you leave me alone. Right. Um, and yeah. I guess that sort of applies to the... I don't know if it applies to public office right. holders, especially the governor. Right. Or it should apply, at least. Right. And and the thing is, is that Healy waving this is a change in tradition. So, Adam, let me ask you a question. Um, is she waving it for all requests or just saying that she's not going to implement it? On individual she requests, she won't just reject the request out she of hand. She'll she consider them at least. Them. So she'll consider I, them. I, that's my that's my understanding. Yes, basically, she says that uh, unless there's something probably of security reasons that she can't hand it over, oh. she'll probably release the the records. There's always an escape hatch, Chris. No, that's, that, that's, <laughs> that's why I asked. Now, that's why I asked. Now the thing is, and this is something she also said with uh, Jim Browdy, is that she would support legislation that softens the rules for legislatures and judges to also have that privilege of you can't FOIA me. Now the problem is that Healy is the governor. And the governor can't just say, "Oh, let's make it happen." That's not how politics, or that's not how government works. The legislature and the and legislature, which is the most powerful body of the three, has to decide: Do we want to soften these rules? And that could be a little tricky. Um, most commentators in Massachusetts politics say it's probably not going to happen, right. but you never know. One person, you kind of know. You kind of know. You kind of know it's not going to happen. Well, I in in one way there is one group of people to keep an eye on and i will say this it depends on what the allies of house speaker ron ronald mariano of quincy want to do now if they say no you know it's over done deal fine 
if they make a suggestion, then I think reporters are going to press them on that because if you say something in public, people are going to hold you accountable for it. Right. So we're speaking with uh, with Adam Bass. Um, so one of the things that Healy's doing too is Healy and Driscoll are uh, they're doing these pre-inaugural events. I don't remember this happening under Baker. No. And when this when Deval Patrick was governor, I was in high school and I couldn't care, I couldn't care less. <laughs> I, mean, I, 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 was, I was eight <laughs> years old when Patrick was was in, uh, was elected governor. I was only caring about you Pokemon eight, back you then. You were eight years old. Oh my God! I was uh, 2006. I was 17. Like, I was mo- <laughs> I, I was mourning the original Healy for governor campaign. That's right. Yeah, uh, Carrie. So Carrie Healy was Mitt Romney's lieutenant governor. Mitt Romney, bol- uh, you know, bolted as soon as he could because he had his resume uh, set for president. And uh, she he ran thought. against. Yeah, he. Well, so he thought. Yeah. Right. And so she ran. Uh, she ran against Patrick and um, and uh, Tim Murray and lost. So a uh, little history lesson. So. Um, uh, what was it? Oh, yeah. So there's pre-inaugural events. Uh, they have set them up in five different locations. Southeastern Mass, Cape Cod, Merrimack Valley, Central Mass, and uh, Western Mass, right? Did I say all of them? I think so. I think it's all of them. The Southeastern Mass stop is, and I, Ted Nisi said this, because on on um. On Healy's staff is uh, Carissa Hand, who's from Attleboro, who's Mm -hmm. our comms person. And so she probably was in there saying, listen, the Cape and Southeastern Mass are two entirely different places. You know, as bad as that is, it's not as bad as when people call us the South South Shore. Oh, I know. Yeah, the state, statewide candidate did that with Chris and me. I won't say who. Right. But, right. Right. <laughs> I won't say who. But a uh, statewide candidate did that with Chris and me too. Uh, said uh, said the the, the the South Shore. But what I want to say is this is is this some, this isn't something I don't believe that's happened before. And why do you think they chose Taunton? Well, Taunton was uh, one of the big areas that Maura Healy campaigned in when she uh, before the uh, general election back in October. You and I were actually there with Ted Nisi. Uh, Marcus. Yes. Taunton is one of the two big gateway cities of Bristol County. The other the other one is being New Bedford. Um, Taunton used to be sort of this area of industry, of business, and Healy has sort of leaned into that sort uh, into that wanting to help businesses. One of her big priorities right now is to pass what she calls progressive tax relief. And that's to help uh, small businesses and middle class workers and uh, lower income uh, residents of those gateway cities. And I think Taunton was an interesting choice because it sort of represents – I don't want to say the heart of Bristol County, but sort of – You don't want to say that. No. No, I don't want you to say (laughs) that. No. No. (laughs) It it definitely feels almost like – a nice medium. I, I think it's the geographical center of, yes. of the area. Yes. I think that's really the reason why. It's about a half hour, 20 minutes from here, probably about 20 minutes from Attleboro. It's about 20 it minutes from everywhere. Gets her, it gets her Providence and Boston media. Yes, that it, too. You know, if you ask her to come to New Bedford, you might not get Boston. Right. right. That's true. It's yeah. the reality of it. Yeah. In, in fact, I don't think... Unless we can time a shooting. I think the, I think the central most town in Bristol County, by the way, I think it's Freetown. I agree with you. Because Freetown, if you don't realize, Freetown borders like six towns right. in the county. I you do. Know? It's, it, 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 it hits like Route 24, it hits Route 18, it hits Route uh, one. It hits I-9, uh, I-195. It borders New Bedford and Fall River. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, uh, yeah, so, anyway. Plus, it's the home of the last governor from southeastern Massachusetts. That's right. Governor Morton. Oh, right. Yeah. Wow. You're, you're like, no, really. No, <laughs> I is, know. Yeah. I know. You had a house right on Long Pond. Anyway. So, we got to take a break. Sure. Listen to us live anywhere. Hey. Hey, welcome back, Marcus. Hey, Adam. Hey. So, <laughs> well, well, welcome back to South Coast Tonight. Uh, we're here with Adam Bass. He is a new contributor here at WBSM. He's been uh, he's been on this program a couple times before. He covered the Bristol County Sheriff's race uh, really well. You might did you call the race? Uh, so I did not call the race. That's important to note. I thought what you called I, it. No. Uh, what happened was that Paul Haro called it. Mayor Mayor Paul Haro called the race, and then Sheriff Hodgson decided to concede. Yeah. I am not a decision desk. I am a reporter first. I only get what comes into me for information or what information comes into inform me. And then I say, well, here is the information given. Uh, Why can't you be a decision desk? Because that's not my job. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's not what I'm hired to do. We've called races here, haven't we? We call before they even started. (laughs) (laughs) That's just because we're jerks. (laughs) That's just because we're jerks, Mark. All right, well, let's talk about this because, all right, so we were covering primary night. Mm -hmm. We weren't able to get the numbers on uh, the the sheriff's primary. Right. Hmm. But uh, we were able to get... Maybe Adam will do better. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe Adam will do better. Um, Let, let's not count our chickens before we hatch, guys. Before they hatch. I'm not. I don't think you're a chicken at all. I think you are <laughs> going to get out there and really go after. It. So, so I don't think you're going to take no for an answer. So here's the thing. All right. So here's the thing. We got ra- we got we got numbers from there were two state there were two primaries right for state rep here, mm-hmm. Strauss and Markey. We had contacts with both people, the guys themselves, right. And they sent us the numbers. So we were able to say that race is over. And based on those numbers and based on our knowledge of the district, we were able to say... This is over. Right, this is over. Did we call the race or did they call the race? I think you guys called the race there. Uh, you, we, were, you were your own decision desks in that okay. regard. What I did with the, with the general election, I said on Twitter... You, know, you, 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 you made a more dangerous thing. You made a prediction. Yes, I did make a prediction. Uh, I said that it would be either Hodgson wins by four or uh, Hero wins by two. I think Hero won by two. He did. Wow, then that prediction was right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the danger. Yeah. <clears throat> but you also, you, you were down to the, looking at the district saying, if, if so-and-so does well here, this is what we can expect. If, they, if this person yeah. does well here, that's what we can expect. Right. I was hesitant to, to make any final says until Taunton and Fall River were called. Well, but as soon as Taunton was called, Hero decided to call the race for himself. Marcus, let me he, ask sorry, him, him about his reporting style. Sure. Are you a... Are you a pit bull? Are you the kind of guy that files disclose you want to know the information FOIAs? Do you file FOIAs? Well Do you demand the answers? Do you demand the truth for your public? I don't just demand the truth. I just want to know what's going on. That that's all that's all I ask as a reporter. Is that what they can expect at City Hall? They can expect someone who can just ask them, 
I need you to explain this to me so that people can understand that because that's all they want to know at the end of the day. They just want to know what's going on. Will you on. fight them if they don't give you a quote? <laughs> well, <laughs> will, you, will, you, will, will you file FOIAs and tell us the results of the FOIAs? If it comes down to that, sure. Let me ask you a question. Who taught you journalism? Uh, there's someone from our audience, someone from a guest on our show. I think people will like that. It'll, I think it'll, it'll increase your credibility. Tell them who one of your professors was. That would be Professor Ted Nisi of WPRI. Professor Ted Nisi taught me the ABCs of journalism, accuracy, brevity, Oh, shoot, I forgot the C. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got the brevity part. You got the brevity. That's what it was. Um, and he basically taught me kind of uh, all that I wanted to know and what I want to continue to know throughout my uh, career as a journalist. I'm still in touch with him. I ask him advice all the time. He, he's great in what he does. He, he, he has this style of just not really going – at it as a political wonk, but as someone who just wants to understand something. As journalists, I think we need to be reminded of ourselves that we are not the main character, but the narrator for our audience. Right. I guess a good way to put it. In in that sense, the, the show is not about oh. us. It's about, you know, WBSM. Well, well it's, it's about me and Marcus. Let's well, 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 <laughs> but, well, hold on. But, but Adam, I like that you're well, willing to take on. a back seat to us. Yeah. The, um, <laughs> right, <laughs> just, I think it's a little bit different. Just write my copy. This the, is the, the, yeah, um, yeah. Right. So, but there's things, copy. there are facts out there. So, so at the, it's, it's, not, it's, it's something everyone realizes. The daily newspapers are really down. Yeah. Okay. We are providing a, a lot of coverage, a lot of details today that used to not be covered by radio stations. Mm-hmm. Be- and there is no alternative, um, unfortunately. And so a lot is going to fall on you to get to the truth. And you're the kind of guy who can do that. Mm-hmm. And you have the skill set. You have the education. You know how to file a FOIA. Mm-hmm. That is true. I do know how to file a FOIA. You hear that, folks? <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, Let's uh, let's take a break. We'll be right back. Sure. Yeah. 1420 WBSM is now also on 99.5 FM. You wash your hands. Spent all day hearing about the news. Now is your chance to react to it. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Call Chris and Marcus now at 508-996-0500. Or send a text via app chat on the WBSM app. No, back to South Coast tonight. Welcome back to South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. I'm Chris, and we're here with Adam Bass, who's a new contributor here at WBSM. Uh, you're going to be covering some local stuff. Yes. Uh, you've been covering. You covered this the Bristol County Sheriff's race really well, uh, and um, so I want to go back statewide. Uh, what uh, so with Healy and Driscoll coming in, we know that there's the public records exemption that she's not going to take. Uh, we know that they've made some policy, some some hard policies on uh, housing and trying to expand housing, but there's still not really a ton of meat on the bone uh, for the from the Healy administration in terms of what they're going to do. Uh, is there any expectation um, of of what we can expect from a, a Governor Healy uh, Kim Driscoll administration? A lot of people say that it's going to be much of the same with Charlie Baker's administration. No, yeah. I don't know if that's entirely true. One of the things that's so like technocratic, right? Somewhat technocratic, but also with with a spice of more progressivism. Yeah, if, right. If you want to yeah, yeah. say it like that. 
one thing I'm looking very closely at is uh, East-West Rail, which uh, she would say that she would appoint a uh, a manager, uh, a chair for that position. East-West Rail is a big project that creates commuter rail and passenger rail from Boston to, to Worcester to Springfield to Pittsfield, uh, to Pittsfield, Massachusetts. And that has been a desire for many West uh, Western Massachusetts lawmakers, especially one Eric Lesser, who was the state senator of was uh, oh, was. was that's yeah. right. He, he well, he's still in his position right now until until, until a week or two. Yeah, until yeah. a week or two. Yeah. So he has been really trying to get East West Rail on, he's on on track. He's on he's on Healy's transition team too. That is correct. Yeah. Uh, and, it would be a significant contribution to open up the the, the Western Mass to to rail. Right. Mm-hmm. One thing that I've noticed when I covered Western Massachusetts back uh, for Matt Sizafrensky was that a lot of people were asking me what's happening with South Coast Rail. And the funny thing is South Coast Rail is, is moving right along. Oh, it's going to be here next year. It, it, they just opened right. the station in Freetown. Not opened it, but it's ready. Right. It, they just took the train down here. I think a lot of people who are following Massachusetts politics just want to hop to the next thing mm-hmm. and realize, wait a minute. What about the other thing that's happening? Oh, it's already happened. Right. Yeah. So, and that way, you don't really see what's behind of you or what's ahead of you. Adam, um, since you're willing to make predictions, mm-hmm. um, where do you see pitfalls for, for the new governor? Um, is it in, She has no Republican opposition to speak of. No. The party doesn't even, the Republican Party doesn't even have a chairman, really. Um, not the one that anyone listens to. So... Where is her trouble going to come from? So, if she has any, but so even the person that primaried her is out of office now. Good point, Marcus. Yeah. So one of the things that Healy might have to look out for specifically is the House of Representatives. It's the more moderate of the two uh, chambers. Mm-hmm. So Healy has been really uh, coddling with uh, state senator uh, with state senators in the Senate, especially. Uh, Karen Spilka, who is the Senate president, mm-hmm. she's endorsed a lot of their bills, especially their uh, gambling bill, even though uh, Mariana wanted a much more expansive gambling bill than what was given at the end of the day. And the fact remains is that Healy could face opposition from those more moderate uh, Colin Gary-esque – Colin Gary is a very uh, – a conservative Democrat from right. Drakett, for those mm-hmm. listening, and don't know who that is. It's a Drakett or Drakett. <laughs> See, I'm going to get in trouble either way. No I, went to, I, I went to college with a kid from there. He said he's, it's, I think he said Drakett. Drakett, Drakett. Yeah. Um, and, and for that reason, I think she has to be careful. However. On what issue do you think, though? Uh, transparency, I would also say in terms of just how they want to present sort of the, the implementation of bills. Okay. The, the thing is that Healy's uh, policies are very, very fuzzy right yes, now. Yes, yes. That's we, what we're we, saying. We, a lot of, we don't really know the real meat and, and potatoes – or excuse me, the real details of the policy, which is why people kind of say, oh, it's going to be Charlie pa- Baker all over again. But on the other hand – you have to wonder, are we asking the right questions to her? Okay, what other – what do you think? 
I don't know. I don't know if we've been asking those questions because... So she ran basically unopposed. And she didn't run on any one particular issue. Yeah. So she doesn't come in while elected and we all wish her well. I don't... I can't tell you what her signature issue is. She's, if there is one. She's very much presenting herself as a jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Especially since she ran as a very anti-corruption, very anti-Sackler family politician way back in the day. Right. But Anti-Sackler family. Anti- I'm an anti-Hitler Democrat. <laughs> the Sacklers are the opioid dealers. Yes, yes, the, yes, the, right. the opioid dealers. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. I, need to, I need to be careful when, that, when I'm reporting. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is that unlike Deval Patrick, who had very specific wants such as the casinos and gambling and a cadillac and drapes <laughs> and keely is saying look we're going to put a little bit of investment into different things and we're going to see how it goes now i think the people of massachusetts the voters of massachusetts are fine with that especially considering that her opponent jeff deal ran on a ran on a platform that was very anti anti-Massachusetts Republican. It's it was not, ridiculous. Yeah. It's not moderate like Mitt Romney. It's not in a way that's com- that was as compassionate towards... It, it's, it's, it's probably equally as nonspecific as Healy's, except it was like sort of like a lot less effort and a lot less likable of a candidate. Right, right. See, this is, this is the thing is, though, is that I remember from the debates... That he said, I want to make sure that we end the vaccination mandate that was implemented by COVID uh, during the COVID. And then Baker did it. I think just to pull the rug out from under him. And he also talked about a a parent's bill of rights for schools, which was sort of weird because that doesn't resonate with Massachusetts voters. What they're more concerned about are their pocketbooks or, or their wallets. I don't know who. Who's using pa- the, 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 the parents' bill of rights is like we're gonna we don't want to teach our kids that uh that like you know black people or gays exist. Adam, let me let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. If you today had to go get a question answered from a Republican opposition to to Healy, who would you go to? Right now, yes. the only person I can think of is a senator from the first uh, Essex district. That's Bruce Tarr. Okay, yeah, from Gloucester or, 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 uh, or Linfield. Uh, yep, Brad Jones, Linfield uh, state representative. Because really, those are the only two people that sort of fit the traditional Massachusetts Republican. Yes, that is well known. You know, this moderate but also fiscally conservative. Right. Uh, sort of what Mitt Romney was back in two thousand two. All right, got to take a break. WBSN. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. I'm Chris. And we're here with Adam Bass, who's going to be um, one of our contributors here. Right. Uh, he's going to do some reporting at City Hall and other places. Uh, so, Adam, uh, where can people go to follow your work? Well, obviously, they can go to WBSM.com now to follow the work. You can check out my North Alboro work at NorthStarReporter.com. You can listen to the podcast, The Cod Cabin, where we talk about Massachusetts politics with my co-hosts, Jesse Hahn, Logan Rabe, and Jack Leary at The Cod Cabin on Twitter. And, of course, you can listen to – or, excuse me, read my work at, at Adam Bass of Mass at Twitter.com. Marcus, Chris, thank you for having me on. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And so, I look forward to working with you. I think you're going to do a nice job. I yeah. look forward to working with you guys. Yeah. So we've got another, like, two minutes that we've got to fill sure. for airtime. So I feel like we're we're, chem- we're coming to a hard conclusion there. But right. we can't, actually. So, <laughs> so Adam, the um, 
You're sitting here watching the Zelensky address. Yes. Um, it's a major thing in this in this country, in this world right now. Right. The battle for good versus evil. Mm-hmm. Really. Are you for the Russians or the Ukrainians? <laughs> I'm I just mean, kidding. I'm, I'm joking. I'm I, joking. Ukrainians. Wait. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, Adam, uh, what else? Uh, do, you, do you know what story you're going to be working on next? Well, um, I am going to be going to the inauguration of Maura Healy, and I'm going to be covering that, I think. Now, you're doing it like the way the, the E! Channel does it? You're going to cover what people are wearing, or, or, or is it going to be different? Yes, here, here, comes, here comes Marcus gonna, Farrell with the, with the black suit on. There you're, you gonna go. be, you're going to be at the inauguration? Yes, I am. I've, uh, I've gotten the email. Uh, they're going to be handing out invites to the press soon. Uh, and in, in that yeah. regards, I think it's going to be a very interesting thing to watch. You know, this is going to be the first elected woman governor, first elected LGBTQ governor in Massachusetts. Right. Yeah, first all woman uh, ticket too to be elected. Well, that's not entirely true because Bill Galvin's still there. What? And it, no, no, I meant the gubernatorial ticket. Oh, the gubernatorial. I yeah, think yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. executive ticket. Yeah. All right. Um, so cool. That's great. I, I kind of wanted to go too, but I think I have to work. Right? It's at 5 p.m.? I think it's like 5, maybe 6. I'll have to check. I don't think I can swing it. Well, you got to be on the red carpet screaming out questions. (laughs) 